Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Te Shwetmik territory within the unceded traditional lands of Shwetmikulu. And today's text is set in Melbourne, Australia, the land of the Boon Wurrung and Wurrungjeri peoples. And Joe, I hope we did that okay. When we're talking about mm-hmm. our own territory, I feel like I have lots of resources to lean into. But I hope we found reputable ones in Australia. Indeed, yeah, because we are going all the way down under to talk about Ronnie Chang, international student. Ronnie, weren't you in class? I'm walking to class right now. Welcome to your first day of law school. This is the rec room. This is the mahjong table. And this is the bathroom. Oh, God damn it, Jodrick. Hey. Your father and I spent a okay. lot of money to send you there. Okay. And don't do drugs. Woo! Don't talk to girls! Okay. Don't get drunk! I reckon you could play AFL. Yeah, for what? Oh. You've got nothing to lose. Like, our parents pay for us to be here so we could get a better education, so we could go back and get reputable professions and or take over cushy family businesses. We literally have everything to lose. <laughs> Exam is due at 5 p.m. today. Uh, I got a problem with this computer. You've got a friend who's a girl. What do you think you're gonna get some ass? So you turned us into strippers. Two international experiences. I never want to see you again. Oh. Good morning, Mr. Jack. You've been studying all night. <laughs> Sorry, Ronnie. Thank Christ you're here. Ronnie. Don't lie to me, huh? I saw you drinking on your Facebook page. Yes, okay, Joe, mm-hmm. I was so excited to just pick up something that's quite different from anything else we've looked at. Mm-hmm. So this is set at Melbourne. I guess it's University of Melbourne, right? Like, I hate yes. it when people call it Toronto University, and I was about to say Melbourne <laughs> University. Um, but it follows an international student and his friends who were mostly other international students. Mm -hmm. And it was just nice to have this other perspective on university life and, and particularly one that's like, I don't know, I was surprised to watch a sitcom where one whole episode is about like the limitations of student visas. And it was genuinely (laughs) funny. So, you know, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's also surprisingly accessible. So even though it's set in another country, it's about the lived experiences of international students. It has a lot of relatable content in terms of, oh, you've got to deal with group projects. Oh, you've got to deal with a friend (laughs) that you are forced to live with throughout the year who parties too hard and so on. Yes. Yeah. And I think it sort of has a community vibe for me in that Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, so on point perfect for the academic experience that you're like, oh, did you actually just film a faculty meeting and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just so broad and outlandish and wild that you can't help but laugh and it kind of hits that same for me anyway it kind of hit that same balance some of the episodes are really outlandish i don't think you got to the end of the series but there's an episode where they're all studying for exams and 
they take over-the-counter cold medication because oh, no. in Australia, much like in Canada, it still has pseudepinephrine in it, right? Which okay. keeps you awake. But the pharmacy sells out of it because everybody's studying for exams and because people are using it to make meth. Oh, gosh. So they buy some meth on the street and try to reverse engineer it into cold and flu tablets in the chemistry lab. And oh, like, no. It's so extreme and so out there and so broad. Mm-hmm. But also just really genuinely funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. I actually really think your comparison with community is apt. And folks, if you haven't watched this, this is a seven episode, I guess, limited series that was mm-hmm. produced. It was pitched by this comedian, Ronnie Chang. And you're right. It is so broad and specific at the same time. And one of the things that I really liked about it is that it does keep the focus on them trying to do things for school. Like every episode has a work-related yes. project or goal. And then, of course, they get sidelined by <laughs> ridiculousness or ridiculous people or just completely outlandish behavior. So there's a certain groundedness to it that I really appreciated where they are just students who want to do well and then they get <laughs> like waylaid by ridiculous circumstances. There's also this constant reminder that the stakes are higher for these students than for a lot of their peers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's they can't be caught misbehaving because of their student visas or the money their families are spending for them to be there, Mm -hmm. or that just the difference in what their relative degrees cost, like these things always come up. And it's, I think most, I was going to say Canadian university, but I think in most Western universities, International students are really othered. Oh, by, yes. They're othered by faculty, they're othered by staff, they're even othered by other students. And so mm-hmm. to see them at the center of this series and have what we might think of as people, well, I should say, I should just be personal, what like I might think of as like an outside experience becomes the center. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. And I think you see that especially in episode two, I guess, where they meet another international student but he's an international mm-hmm. student from the u.s yeah and he doesn't even think of himself as an international student nope. because he's american mm-hmm. and that i don't know it was just neat to see that perspective run all the way through the series and have it be the primary point of view yeah absolutely but the weird thing is is that it's not distancing in the way that Mm -mm. if you haven't lived that experience you think oh okay well i can't relate to this or i can't empathize with their situation like in a lot of ways these are just average students who are looking to go to school get their degree please their parents maybe Mm -hmm. have some fun maybe date or something like that Mm -hmm. and yeah a lot of the intricacies feel unique or rendered special because this is a perspective that we're so often not privy to. I really appreciate that you said that, Joe, because I do think that this show is imminently relatable. And you're right, it's because a lot of the problems are not international student problems, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's an episode where one of them has an ancient computer that gets a virus. And like, (laughs) they have to run all over campus to try to find someone who does tech support who isn't a monster (laughs) to help them. Nice. And that whole episode is set up like a sort of old school kind of quest style video game with like, markers to unlock. So Mm -hmm. it's a show with a lot of cultural references and I guess situational references that are much more generational than they are cultural and I think that helps a lot too plus like Ronnie Chang is an interesting lead 
his character is dour. <laughs> his character yes. is miserable, like, a lot of the time. He's kind of insufferable at times, He's isn't he? insufferable. And yet I find him strangely charming. Like, oh, I enjoy absolutely. watching him on the screen. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. tension is really nice. It's actually... The more I talk about it, the more I see parallels to community because it's not dissimilar to the kind of charm of like a um, Jeff Winger character. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's nicely off balance by his friend Elvin, who is <laughs> very set in his ways and also incredibly profane, but has, <laughs> this is going to sound weird and potentially offensive, so feel free to come back to me. He has a thicker accent, so mm-hmm. in a way part of the comedy is derived by somebody who you think oh this is an othered person and yet this othered person is dropping (laughs) f-bombs and just like really offensive language about innocuous things and i think the show recognizes how much of that kind of i want to say off-brand humor but it realizes they can get away with certain things because of the way the characters look and act and it's actually confronting us with that Mm mm-hmm But it's also a a weird situation because I watched the first couple of episodes with my husband. And of course, we lived in Australia. So yes, I was going to get your perspective on all of the educational pieces, too, because you were in the university system there, right? I was. Yes. Unfortunately, not in Melbourne. I was at the University of Newcastle, which is a couple of hours north of Sydney. But, you know, the things like the open air campus was very relatable. And yet, I think someone from California could probably look and say, oh, okay, this looks like it could be in San Diego or something Mm. like that, too. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I found mildly confronting, and I'm, I'm circling back to the way that I talked about Elvin, is that there's a lot of casual racism. In Mm -hmm. both the show and then also in Australia more broadly. And part of me wishes that the show had addressed it a little bit more outright. And maybe it does. I've only seen the first three episodes. But the treatment of particularly Asian people in Australia is not good. Like Mm -hmm. they are targeted for very, very bad racism. Mm -hmm. And to see so many jokes made at particularly Asian students' expense in this show, brought back a lot of that discomfort that I was feeling when I lived there that I know a friend of mine had a very bad experience where like she was told to go back to China. She's a Canadian who was just backpacking through Australia. (sighs) You know, there's some comedy that comes from that, but there's also some discomfort. And I wish that the show had maybe tackled it instead of just weaving it into parts of the plot. Yeah, I don't think the show ever gets confrontational about it. The sixth episode of the series is, (laughs) it's called For the Love of Theater. And they are putting on like a comedy review for the law school. Right. And Daniel, who is kind of the Mm villain-ish character of the series, Daniel is very privileged white male law student who doesn't Mm -hmm. think he should have to share space with international students at all and is particularly racist about asian students for sure Mm -hmm. and he is writing and directing this comedy series and he creates a role for ronnie where ronnie operates a laundromat right and he keeps asking ronnie to like do a thicker accent and like speak in chinese even though ronnie is malaysian and like there's all of these sort of moments and when they have to perform for the faculty advisors to see if the play is going to get approved which i loved by the way because that is just like that is such a perfect Mm -hmm. note (laughs) that Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. to happen one of the faculty advisors 
doesn't think that the portrayal of the quote-unquote Asian character is accurate. And Ronnie gets really upset. And he's like, I didn't want to play this part in the first place. Like, it's obviously super offensive. Mm -hmm. And Daniel tries to blame Ronnie for writing that character for himself. And so he leaves. And it's only when he, like, walks off as the only person of color in the series that the white woman faculty advisor says, oh, okay, now I'm concerned about the depiction of racialized people. Like after it's blown <laughs> up, it's just like this perfect moment of like, when it was actually offensive and in front of you, you, you wouldn't you name did nothing. it. Yeah. Right. And so I think there are moments like that through the series. I think that they are perhaps subtler than one would like. Mm-hmm. But they are there. I think Daniel's character in particular is sort of supposed to be like a kind of boo hiss villain. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he's always he's always there to do something offensive. One of my oh, the other the other episode you you gotta finish the series, Joe. It's good. But... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, you clearly missed a bunch of things that happened later. <laughs> in episode four, the American international student Craig discovers mm-hmm. bubble tea. Like oh, okay as a concept and he thinks he's having this he keeps calling it his international experience he's right like chugging bubble teas at this cafe and he's like this is what it means to be asian and one oh, of the characters no. is like okay and she like walks him around the cafe and she points out like all the different cultures that the mm-hmm. different like decor pieces or people working or like recipes of bubble tea come from mm-hmm. and it's this great moment where craig is just like woo Asia. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I mean now that you're mentioning it, like I think part of my discomfort was in the pilot episode mm. when they have to embark on a beer challenge, like a beer drinking Ooh, challenge yeah. and there's a very funny joke about how uh Ronnie and his friends can't manage their liquor because, you know, our liver enzymes can't process this <laughs> and there's very funny jokes about how they take a sip and immediately go beet red. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we acknowledge the stereotype, we're poking fun at it, we're also saying, yeah, it's actually not untrue. But you know, when they win the drinking challenge, the room erupts into Australians just shouting, Asian, Asian, (laughs) and you're like, the cringe is real. But then in the second episode, there's this hilarious running gag when Craig is introduced where they have to go and lure him back from this off-site non-fraternity where kind of burnouts go. (laughs) And they end up having to use Elvin's egg tarts as a way to distract <laughs> everybody. And everybody is falling over themselves to praise how good these egg tarts are. And they keep saying, like, what is in these? They're magical. And Roddy just gets so bad. He's like, it's eggs. That's what's in them. Just eggs. <laughs> I'm hearing Ronnie's delivery of that scene. i think i think the show is doing something difficult and it's not always landing right which is that the characters who are on the inside are the characters who would traditionally be on the outside and so when we hear everyone chanting asian asian it is cringy Mm -hmm. and it's cringy because that's our demographic right Right. yeah like we're almost embarrassed for ourselves because we see Probably not ill-intentioned, but very foolish white people who mm-hmm. think that they're celebrating this group of international students. And instead, they're basically just saying, hey, we're casual racists. Oops. Yes. And we see the same thing in, in the Asian rules football episode where 
Ronnie Elvin and Wei Jun get basically recruited onto this Australian rules football team because there's this fight between the law faculty and the medical faculty. By the way, sorry mm-hmm. to rewind to your knowledge of Australian education. Mm-hmm. Are law and medicine undergraduate degrees in uh, Australia? Because they keep talking about teaching undergraduate students, but they're also law and medical students. And I got really confused. Definitely law. I'm not sure about medicine. Okay. It was, I was confused. I was like, this is something where I don't know enough. Anyway, so they have all these like mad foot skills from the game of, I guess, Ronnie calls it John Z. And there's this whole scene where like all the different characters from all the different countries have different names for this game. Yes, I love that. And basically for people who haven't seen the show, it's equivalent of like hacky sack for us. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And so they end up, you know, using that to to win the Australian rules football match. And that's another example, right? Where the guy who's commenting is like, look at those Asians doing Asian foot things. Mm-hmm. Like, you just sound so ignorant, but yes. so proud and self-satisfied in their ignorance mm-hmm. that they become the butt of the joke. But right. as, as a white person, it's extremely cringe because like probably in my life have said things, definitely mm-hmm. work with people who say things. And it's Absolutely. like, oh, right. Right, right. Yeah. Sometimes you need to see it reflected back on you <laughs> from the screen and you think, oh, well, that absolutely looks and sounds terrible. And yeah. that means I have looked and sounded absolutely terrible. How confronting. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I'm awful. <laughs> I have to say my favorite thing about Elvin is not only is he being sort of used for comedy as this like you're supposed to expect that he's going to be like a very kind of stereotypically unassuming Mm -hmm. Asian male character. And then he, A, has a mouth like a gutter, but Mm -hmm. B, he's a bitch. Yeah, (laughs) very tempestuous. He will not study with anyone who he thinks is dumber than him. Mm-hmm. And he has like, that's like his policy. And so when they're setting up study groups and stuff, he's always like, he checks who's in the room and he's like, oh no, I can't study with this group. Mm-hmm. Some of these people are dumber than me. And, and, and sometimes like... that even seems to include Ronnie and yes. Lei Jun. Yes. <laughs> you're just like, do you think you're just better than everyone, sir? <laughs> yes. The answer and is yes. probably yes. Yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. It's not a perfect series by any stretch of the imagination. It's definitely one, though, that I wish it had had more space. Like, Mm -hmm. Ronnie Chang has gone on. He's on The Daily Show. He's been cast in the newest Marvel movie. Like, I don't think he's coming back to make any more of this show. No, it didn't seem like it. And that's a shame because I would watch more of it. I like these characters a lot. I I should note something that usually bugs me and that I'm not commenting on here. These people are all in their 30s at least. Oh, Oh, yes. They all look so old. I found that hilarious. (laughs) I couldn't tell if that was a joke or if it was just, no, this is who we've cast. Like, deal with it. I think it might be that Ronnie Chang is obviously the age that he is. And so they just cast everybody else to be the same age as him. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of like rather than having him be like the one random old guy with the name while everybody else is a teenager. I kind of right. liked that move, but it, it's very <laughs> distracting at first. Absolutely. Now, I I will say because we've not talked about her, but I wanted to give a shout out to Molly Daniels as Asher because I think she's a fun 
addition to this group where she ends up falling in with this international group, even though she herself is Australian. But Mm -hmm. I love that she's not necessarily better than a lot of the other Australian characters. Like she falls prey to the worst tendencies, but she's also still a good friend to Ronnie and his friends. And I thought that that was a very clever way of mixing things up. Yeah, I think it's useful because she is also a fish out of water in this story. We Mm -hmm. find out in the pilot episode that she has moved to Melbourne from a really tiny town. Yes. And she is as likely to get scammed as any Mm -hmm. more than any of the people who live in International House. And I like that dynamic because too often in this kind of story, we would expect that the white character would be sort of the like the mentor Yes. And instead, she's as clueless and lost most of the time as any undergraduate first year student moving Mm -hmm. to the big city from a small town would be. And so what's nice about the dynamic of this show is that neither Asher nor Craig, who's the American international student, like neither of these two white central characters dominate the narrative. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them sort of overtake. In fact, generally speaking ronnie and his pals have to get both of them out of trouble more often than Mm -hmm. vice versa yeah yeah it's a nice subversion in that way like it's surprising how complicated the show is in terms of what we're used to seeing in a traditional you know kind of quote-unquote network comedy because this is like it's a it's 22 to 24 minutes well some of the episodes are a little bit longer but it's very much ready for network television so Mm -hmm. you would expect that the comedy would just be kind of flat and palatable so as to appeal to as wide an audience as possible Mm -hmm. and like we said it is very relatable like anybody can hop on the show and get something out of it because it's Mm -hmm. also extremely funny like we have not really (laughs) talked about just how freaking funny the show is very funny And even like the way it's shot, the way it's edited, a lot of these jokes are really landing well. And it's fast. The jokes are fast and Mm -hmm. you have to catch them. And I suspect, I mean, I rewatch nothing. I suspect it would reward a rewatch. I bet I've missed jokes because they do move really quickly. And it's Mm -hmm. that just that classic comedy dynamic of Ronnie, who basically hates everything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the people around him who are great. And dynamic Mm -hmm. and interesting and charming. The whole cast is really charming. Now, I do want to maybe wrap up the conversation with one final character that I gathered becomes a running gag. What do you think of post-grad student Brenna? (laughs) I love her. Because I was just like, oh no, I see way too much of myself (laughs) in this character and I don't like it. So when they're in the library in the pilot episode, they have to get this textbook that their professor only has one copy of in the library. Mm-hmm. And they have to go and find it and they meet this. She doesn't even have a name. No. <laughs> She's been there for as long as she can remember. Her name in the credits is post-grad student. And um, yeah, she just lives in the study carols. And she comes back in a couple of episodes, sort of every time they they kind of need someone mm-hmm. like in the group assignment she's in the library again and she helps them find their way out i really liked her i liked her because it's such a subtle running gag and it's mm-hmm. such an in joke like that is a joke for grad students that is yes. who that joke is for yep. and it lands it lands every single time 
Yeah, the moment when she talks about how she started with a certain topic for her <laughs> dissertation and then it switched to something, and then the final one that she says is just absolute light years, like 180 <laughs> degrees away. It's not even in the same subject. And I'm just like, oh, no, ouch, I'm ouch. in this image. I hate it. Thank you. <laughs> I know I felt the same way when she's talking about like the writing process and how many times she has scrapped the entire draft I was like Mm -hmm. like Ronnie I did nothing to you I don't understand why you're attacking me how dare you come after me this way (laughs) sir (laughs) oh academic humor I I think part of it may have appealed a little bit more to us as well because we are people who have worked in academia for quite some time we've both gone to grad school you more so than me uh because i'm you know part of that 50 percent that dropped out because i just could not become a post-grad student like <laughs> in this show but uh, i definitely yeah. think that's true and i am a sucker for anything set on a university campus and have been mm-hmm. since before i was in university so I definitely think that's part of it. But I also think that if you've ever had to do an annoying group project, had Mm -hmm. a crappy roommate, uh, had a crush on a girl but weren't sure how to tell her, uh, had a rival who just says racist things and nobody seems to notice except you, all of these things are very relatable human experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Yeah. The show is so easy that it's just delightful in its simplicity in that regard Mm -hmm. like you can Mm -hmm. go in and just sit back and enjoy yourself for 28 to 24 minutes at a time and Mm -hmm. there's something really nice about that because I don't have a lot of comedies in my life I watch a lot of dramas I watch a lot of heavy stuff so just having a laugh a minute sitcom was a very nice change of pace agreed this was a really nice change of pace I really enjoyed it so thanks for taking it on with me, Joe. I saw the ad during Coronation Street one day, and I was like, Joe, <laughs> you should watch this. I'm so happy that we can get programming from <laughs> ads during Coronation Street. <laughs> so you could not be more British old lady right now. I know, right? If you are in North America, you can watch this on CBC Gem in Canada and on the Comedy Central app if you live in the US. And I believe it streams on the BBC iPlayer in the UK. So it's accessible. It'll make you smile. Mm -hmm. I recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Delightful. All right. So, Brenna, where are we headed next week? Oh, Joe, it's a little bit less delightful, to be perfectly honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, we may have had about a 10-minute vent session before we started recording this episode, and we haven't even started recording the episode that we're venting about. (laughs) Um, We are covering Ernie Klein's Ready Player One, Mm -hmm. and I am struggling, I think, less with the book itself than whatever has changed in me because I adored that book when it first came out and now I am really struggling to move through it. So I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be one of our more introspective episodes, Joe. (laughs) But I also think we're probably going to do that thing people like where we get mad and flail about things. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can feel my blood boil just every time I have to turn a page. Oh my god. Hey Brenna, do you like 80s things? Oh my god, it just stop referencing book things. Of it. <laughs> just all the things from the 80s. I used to. I used to like 80s things, Joe. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay, so that's next week. Uh Ready Player One. And then Yay. what about book club? 
Book Club is a delight. Yay. Book Club is, as I keep saying, on our quest to find a male protagonist that Joe enjoys. I am offering him up some Jeff Zentner. Uh, It's set in Tennessee. It's a very different kind of protagonist than we usually get to spend time with. Mm -hmm. And I think y'all are going to really enjoy it. I think it's going to challenge us a bit in the way it talks about religion and class, but I think it's a good one. And uh, yeah, so Serpent King by Jeff Zentner. Yeah, so that's coming in two weeks, and we're not going to tell you anything further than that, because that should keep you occupied. Those are both relatively (laughs) long books. Get reading. Go read. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right, Joe, I really like this. This Mm -hmm. was a nice break. I'm glad we did it, and I hope that people watch it, and if they do, I hope they get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter at HKHSPod or hashtag HKHSPod if you want both of us. Joe, if they want to just find you, how do they do it? (laughs) I am at a beast on my remote, and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's gray with an A. And as you're reading for Book Club, if you've got longer things to tell us about your thoughts on Jeff Zentner, you can find us at hkhspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> now we get to stop. Now you just right. have to do the outro. <laughs> stop talking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and until next time, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. Bye. Bye. Hang on one second. Stop it. I can't kick him out because he threw up this morning. Okay. The show is just so easy and fun. Like, this was a delightful way to just get some gentle... Nah. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is immensely relatable. What? Oh, that was my door. It's all right. I don't know if you heard all of that. But what is that cat doing? I don't know. He's uh, he's not allowed to do anything because he's bored. And so as soon as I turned on the mic, he was like, "Sweet, she can't stop me." <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry.